The AOP is brought to you today by GG Poker, the world's leading online poker room. What makes them the leading player? Well, they have more players than any other site. In fact, GG Poker holds the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament since September 2020. They put fun at the heart of it in every game and have unique features that you can't find on any other site. They offer games for all skill levels, whether you're new to poker or a seasoned pro with popular games like Texas Hold'em and Omaha to unique games like All In or Fold and Spin and Gold. So what's in it for you? New players that make a £10 deposit get £60 in free play. That is a £10 deposit to get £60 in free play. So go visit ggpoker.co.uk. New UK players only. Minimum deposit £10. Full T&Cs apply. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details um, we are live. We are live. People loading up in the room. We've just beat Sheffield United. How's it going, boys? Oh, um, that was delicious. Mouth-watering stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, that sounds Absolutely. like the NYPD Blue are showing up to try and break up the kerfuffle that Arsenal have just broke out. That was scintillating everything. You know what? Christmas may have come early because I got everything I wanted out of that. That was majestic. Thank you, Arsenal. I love an easy Saturday morning. Nice 3 p.m. kickoff. No problems, no drama, no injury. A massive goal haul, professional performance. Feels good. It's like, oh, I'm so smug, especially after Spurs won again last night. Yeah, no, we needed we needed the win. We needed it to be, we needed rotation. Uh, we needed it to be relatively easy. We've got everything. We've just got absolutely everything there. We did, and not only that, but um, I have come ready to die, and I've got my little tissue tucked into my collar <laughs> right now. I've Lovely. heard that um, there's a couple of items on the menu, and one of them will be um, obviously an Eddie Crumble. You know what I mean? That, that's, it's a Kruger Crumble. Uh, that is the dish of the day, quite frankly. Um, and I'll be eating day. it. A humble pie variety. Fair enough. Bloody lovely to hear. Lovely to hear. All right. Why don't we stop messing around? Why don't we turn off the loop, turn up the volume, and let's go. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. We've just smacked up Sheffield United. It's a 3pm kickoff. 
you're going to see some big smiles from Johnny, some big smiles from Matt. We've got some predictions right. We've got some predictions wrong. But one thing is for sure, we love taking three points and scoring five goals at the home of football. Welcome to the show, Johnny Crockham. Welcome to the show, Matt Candela. How are we feeling today? It's just great, isn't it? it we're buoyant. We're bouncing. That was everything the doctor ordered. And um, ahead of you know a big game coming up, what we needed, if we could get it, obviously Matt said on uh, before the whistle. Ultimately, the, all the, all that matters is the three points. But what really, really gives us a lift is coming out of there with a really confident display that you know everyone's going to take something from that we can move forward and, and bring it into our games coming up. Matt, how are you feeling? Great. I was out with some friends, Arsenal fans, this morning, and um, a couple of them said. You know, I don't think we've really put on a performance this season. Maybe PSV, maybe City, but even that had some shaky moments. Bournemouth, but we haven't really think, shown what City, we're capable of. I think City, Matt. I think we can. I think we can say. I think City we can put City down there, but I think um, there's no doubt that this was a performance. There's no, this was this was reminiscent of last season. It's, it's swashbuckling best. Five nil at home, put them to the sword. Flowing football, everyone had a role to play. It was it was absolutely delicious. I, I mean, I got no, absolutely no complaints. Even at half time, and it was one nil. Um, I, I texted a few people and said, "I'm really enjoying this performance. I wish we had more goals, but you just had the feeling they were going to come, and indeed they did." One of those games that usually, you know, games where you used to go, this shouldn't be any drama. Then you go out there. And it'd be drama. You'd be like, for God's sake, Arsenal. And this it, this Arsenal team is finally getting to the point where it's like Manchester City playing Sheffield United. No doubts. Not even going to turn it on. Don't care. Know what the result is already. And Arsenal is starting to get to that sort of level of superiority where, I, you know, I felt Sheffield United were beaten before they got out of the pitch today. And it has, you know, it's been a long time since teams have felt that way against Arsenal. So a lot of joy to be had today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, we have a little tradition on this show. And it is... Hottest of takes. Hottest of takes. Three hottest of takes. The AOP. Hottest of takes. Make it spicy. Johnny Cochran, I'm going to go to you this week for the first hottest of takes. Make it spicy, my friend. Well, it's kind of in a similar vein to where Matt was going with it. It, it, so far, when we've been trying to appraise Arsenal's start to the season, there's a lot of different factors that come into play. Namely... You know, anyone who had any complaints about certain performances, we, we, you know, which are fair, we've not always hit the, the the heady heights that we know we can. But you have to look at it. You look at the league table and you go, what are we complaining about? We're in there next to City. Yeah, we're a couple of points behind Spurs, but ultimately we're an unbeaten side. And what people are really pining for was a performance where we broke out and, and, the, and the opposition team were just simply in the wrong part of town at the wrong time. And they caught them hands. And that's what happened today. They caught them hands off us. They will be back on that bus, sent packing, back to Sheffield. Off you go, guys. You've been outclassed. You've been outworked. You're in the wrong league. And we've shown you. And, and there's no apologies from Arsenal fans here. We wanted to see it. We, we want our team firing on all cylinders. And that's what we got. It is... It was a rough housing that everyone could really get behind. Lovely to see. Well done, Arsenal. Matt, is it a case of Sheffield United? Wrong team in the wrong part of town? Uh, what do you have for your hottest of takes? How good does it feel to dismantle a team like that uh, with such professionalism and you know cleanliness? 
It was great. They came up against a master marksman. And my hottest of takes is all about one individual. It's about Eddie and Ketia. What has this guy got to do to get some respect on his name? He's a he's a Haylander. <laughs> he's come through right from the off. He's shown what he can do. He scored 20 seconds into his debut. He's always deputized for Gabby Jesus valiantly, always delivered the goods. And for some reason, Arsenal fans just don't rate him. They just can't. There's just something about him that they can't rate. He's just not good enough. Everyone else who everyone has got is better than him. Well, you know, we're looking around at the Premier League. Some of the comparisons are ridiculous. Well, we saw what Eddie and Ketty is all about today. I mean, those finishes, absolutely sensational. Oh, he's a tap-in merchant. Oh, he can only chase down the goalkeeper. I think we saw he's so much more than that. And um, But I think it's a bit like, his 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 sort of hidden secret source, though I think, is this determination to always prove people wrong. Doesn't really seem to matter how much slander he gets; he always ends up making them feel, make, making them eat Kruger crumble at the end of the day. And I think we were guilty of it sometimes on this podcast. Oh, is he good enough? Is he not good enough? Can we just stop all of that now? Can we just get behind the guy? He's one of our own, and um, that was absolutely sensational today I just I mean where could where could he go with that level of finishing he's adding to his game and the thing about him is he just keeps adding new things so um my hottest of takes is Eddie is the guy who can be part of a title winning Arsenal team he is him as the kids say I am gonna save my Eddie commentary because we've got a special section dedicated for that and you all know my views on Eddie you all know my views everybody in my group tracks you know I'm going to be unbearable over the next few weeks um my hottest of takes is rotation is finally working I think we had um you know some strange lineups at the start of the season and things looked clunky um it wasn't um mesmerizing in the first half today but we didn't need to call on the big boys to pull us out of uh, a, a, a situation today. I thought the team played very similar to how, you know, normal Arsenal plays. Um, the passing was great. There was no loss of intensity. I thought there was a lot of maturity in the lineup. No one was, um, no one was panicked in the system. And that was a heavily rotated side. And I hope that Arteta takes confidence from that because he's going to need to do it as the season goes on. But it's great to not have some of your best players available. Literally, Erdegaard, Partey, Jesus, and still do that to a Premier League side. So I'm really happy. I hope Arteta gets the taste for rotation because um, the more he does that, the fresher our players will be at the end of the season. I think you say, you know, say it a lot, Matt. You say it literally every single podcast. You don't want to peak now. And I agree. We don't also don't want to fatigue now. And um, that was a really mature performance from Mikel Arteta and a very encouraging performance from the players that came into the side. All right, guys, before we get into the next... That's the thing, Pete, as well, you know, to go off of your point. In general, we're all all down for rotation, but the players that come in have to take their opportunities when they're given. Mikel can only give them the opportunities. They actually have to step up and deliver. Otherwise, if we'd come off today and maybe we'd even nick to 1-0 and it was unconvincing, then there'd be a lot of people saying, well, maybe we can't rotate. They stepped up today, they took their opportunity, and that's what we can applaud. Johnny, if you think puffing the pillows of the bed that you're about to lie on 
is going to be helped by that little bit of commentary. You are very wrong, <laughs> my friend. Okay. So uh, let's get uh, let's get Johnny on the uh, on the big screen up here. Let's turn this off. Um, I spent the last ten minutes of the game doing a little clipping. So uh, turn your volume up and let's just listen to a little bit of this. I think this we're all going to get behind Eddie. We all want Eddie to do well, but Eddie is not going to propel us to a league title. It's just not going to happen. He might be able to plug in and play for a game or two. You said it already. At home, we'll get Eddie in. Sheffield United, you should be able to serve him up. If you don't, you deserve criticism because, I mean, the, the, the tasks get a lot harder in the Premier League than Sheffield United at home. But Newcastle away, are you going to be able to go up there and put in a real performance? Because that's what we need. That is what we need. And if this doesn't go well, you know, you talked about January for um, Jesus being injured, then we'll... Obviously, the, the calls have already started. The, the calls will get louder and louder that we have to invest in a striker in a better option than having to rely on Eddie and Ketia for a prolonged period every time Jesus gets inevitably at this stage injured. I'm sorry, if Eddie doesn't do it in this stretch, then I will be one of the loudest voices. I've already have been, but get Ivan Tony in. Let's let's just say, look, we, we gave Eddie a chance, he wasn't enough. I love the good... way Gabby Jesus gets injured and you blame Eddie. No, but what I'm saying is, is look, we've, we're all honest about what's going to happen with Eddie leading the line. I don't think that our confidence... Level to be fair, it's a pretty what, fair take. It's not would... actually as bad, no, as damning Matt, as I pipe, thought. Uh, pipe down. <laughs> the Eddie slander has got to slot Johnny Cochran. You. you went hard at Eddie. He now has seven goals in 13 appearances, five goals in nine Premier League appearances, he scored one in the box. He scored one from outside the box. He put in a shift all over the park. Johnny, the Eddie slander ends today. Uh, so we're going to hand over to you right now. I need you to speak into the mic. I need you to speak loud and clear. And tell Eddie you love him. Tell him, tell him you're not thinking about uh, a coup against his good name. Tell him you're not leading the charge in January to exit him because Eddie is top quality and, uh, and he's going to start against Newcastle. Well, I knew the kind of treatment I was going to get on the pod today anyway. I know the kind of propaganda that can be pumped out when you guys are on, on, on full steam. But the fact is, is look, I don't, I mean, we listen back to that uh, take and everyone's like, oh, and this is where he's going to really bury it. To be honest, what did I say? I said, this is a level where you really should be punishing them and you have to, or the louds will, the shouts will get louder. And what did he do? He went out there and he accepted the challenge that I laid down. He probably listened to that pod and said, Johnny's laid a challenge down. I'm gonna he's inspired me, and I'm gonna go out there and start throwing hands, lefts and rights, an absolute wondrous hat trick Matt spoke about earlier. This is what I genuinely want to say. For the people that think, and there are people out there, I know them, some of them in my life, that Eddie is just simply not good enough for this level. I think this is a hammer blow into anyone pushing that narrative. He is clearly a Premier League striker. Not everyone can do things like that. That performance today, I won't, I'll save my ratings because you know I take it seriously and we've got Johnny's ratings coming up on Patreon. But let's just say he's going to get a very, very good one. <laughs> because <laughs> the finishes are out of this world. Every one of them. Make no bones about it. The first goal, that was dirt box. Absolute dirt box. Into me, I'm trapping it away. And then when I'm in, I'm just not panicking. Whack. The second one, bouncing ball. Top corner, 
whack, half volley, get out, don't bother diving keeps. And then the last one is the final piss take. And the reason why I want to talk about those goals and the nature of the finishes is with players, when they sometimes have to start going to the next level, you need these moments. It, I think the players in themselves need the moments to look at and say, I am good enough. I can do these things. You have to produce special every now and then. And that was special for Mehdi. That moves the needle for me because it's not just tap-ins or whatever else. You know, a goal's a goal. But these performances can mean a hell of a lot more when you're trying to convince yourself even that you are ready for the next level. You know who those goals were reminiscent of? I know this, this is an insane... But today's goals, Dennis Burkamp. Of course. The first goal in particular is The Dennis, first goal with Burkamp. It's Newcastle. Yeah. It's in the same family as that Newcastle goal. Of course, it's not quite as good. But yeah. that touch away, it's in the same oh. family. It's brilliant. So, Matt, while well, Johnny's wolfing down uh, Kruger Pine <laughs> with a delicious helping of custard, uh, you should actually uh, just be holding some flowers because I do believe in the Before the Whistle that you can get on patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal Opinion. You said something about Eddie getting a hat trick today. Uh, Johnny inspired him, um, but did you lay down the marker? Well, I didn't put the money down, so no, but I was pretty annoyed because I did just feel like there was something brewing today. Um, I thought he was going to be able to step up. And I agree with Johnny. If he couldn't step up against Sheffield United, we got problems. I think that was that. was that. But, you know, it's one, one thing to hope they'll step up and then that, quite another thing to do it. And then to do it in that manner... I would have liked him to have taken the penalty as well and get four and just get that run going, just get that confidence, that supercharged energy through the, through the system. But, I mean, my my thought before the game was that Eddie gets his chance today and then Kai goes up top against Newcastle and we go a bit more compact in the middle with with, with Jorginho and Rice and, and, and Erdegaard. But... He's given them some questions to think about. I don't know how you can drop a player who just scored a hat trick who's going to be full of confidence. And so um, I think he's I think he's kept himself in the lineup for next week as well. And I did enjoy Gabby Jesus first up, first to applaud uh, every goal. Um, love their relationship. He sees the quality. Um, you know, it was it was just an absolutely delicious offering. I just love love the goals. You know, especially that third one. It was just. Really, we haven't seen that from Eddie before. I don't think he's ever scored one from that far out. I don't think he's ever scored a goal from outside the box for Arsenal. So to score that, I mean, that just shows that confidence is 10 out of 10. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think that Eddie needs to score more goals more consistently. But, you know, 24 years old in the grand scheme of Premier League strikers... Is really young. Like name me, name me a younger striker that's um, scoring at the clip of of Eddie at that age at the moment. There aren't many of them. Um, I thought that the goals were varied today. A lot of people are going to double down and say, "Well, he did it against Sheffield United. They don't really count." Listen, all goals in the Premier League count. Um, you know that, that we did, it looked like we were struggling for inspiration at the start. It really was a moment of magic with that turn um, to to open up for the first goal. But my hope is is kind of what Johnny said. It's like sometimes you need a, a game in a season to really inspire, um, not inspire, maybe encourage yourself. I am at the level. I can do what Jesus can do. 
I can get 15 to 20 goals this season because he should be getting 15 to 20 goals. I think he's got um, all the all, all the right technique. I think he's brilliant with um, holding the ball up. I think he brings people into the game. I think he makes really intelligent runs. But the, just the finishing has been lacking recently. And I tell you, like um, five Premier League goals in nine games is really good. Seven in 13 total is also really good. And then you forget that he's also won us two penalties this season and he doesn't take penalties and most strikers in the Premier League tend to do that. So I'm really hyped for the player. I want to see him do well over the next few weeks. Like he needs to score goals over the next few weeks because Jesus won't be about. I mean, let's just say worst case scenario, he's out for for three or four weeks and he's going to have to burden some of that load. But I, I do think Arsenal fans have got to stop questioning him every time he doesn't score a goal. I mean, there were there were so many games last year um, when Jesus didn't score a goal, and we didn't, you know, we don't question his his merit or his value. I think that Eddie Eddie Nketiah came in uh, post January last year, and the goals didn't let up for the team. He's a top top player. He's not Championship level. He's getting England call ups, and he's got a really good goal record so far this season. So now the hope is that he kicks on. But like next time he has a bad game. Let's not all double down on you've got to get rid of him. He's not good enough. And, and, and it drives me crazy, the people that say he's not at the level. Are you kidding me? Do you think anybody in that squad right now is not at the level? This is an Arteta squad. We are challenging for the Premier League. Eddie is at the level. Let's get behind him. Let's encourage him. And, and, and brilliant, brilliant job from him today. All I right. Mean, um, I mean, if you have... Come on, Pete. There's got to be some kind of, you know, I've got to push back a little bit just to keep it. I mean, look, if what you're saying is, we should all be encouraging Eddie to try and get the best out of him. I'm fully behind it. We should all have been encouraging all Arsenal players, but I don't think he's received some like vastly unfair criticism. This is a team, and I, and I think he should bask in the glow of this performance. We spoke about how good the finishes was. But the reality is it is Sheffield United, and we're not going to need him to just beat up on relegation fodder. We're going to need him in other games. For me, I'm pleased because he's done it against... United and Chelsea in the past. But what we are going to need to see is a little bit more consistency. One game without scoring, let's not pour on him a call, of course. But if he goes six games without scoring, he would then be entitled where, to be criticised. Where the, one, the one thing where I'd say these, is... Where are these look at, second stringers? Sorry. Look at Chelsea, where are these right? Second so Chelsea, oh, Chelsea, have signed, Chelsea have signed Cole Palmer. Every Chelsea fan is raving about Cole Palmer. Getting behind him, encouraging him. Eddie's better than... Cole Palmer, no doubt about it. He's proven, he scores more goals, he's more dangerous, he knows his position well, he holds up the ball better. And I think we need to get behind an Eddie and Ketia in the same way that Chelsea get behind, say, a Cole. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, well the only thing I'd say to that, which, which I agree. Sorry, Pete. And then by all rights, go. Um, we are not Chelsea. Chelsea are in disarray. They're getting beat up most weeks. We're trying to get a league out of this. This is not about saying Eddie's not great. We, today was sensational. But we are, we have different objectives to Chelsea, who would bite your hand off the top four, and 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 the reason why there is criticism is that at points we're dealing with the highest of targets, and you will have to deliver on that. This is a great launch pad, and I hope he continues with it. But so, what what, uh, what what are the what are these second string strikers that are pulling up trees? Who who are they in the Premier League? Al- Alvarez. Like Alvarez, Luis Diaz, Luis <laughs> Diaz, probably. Um, yeah, like Luis Diaz, you think? Yeah. I mean, either either way. I mean, City are our direct competitors, and when you got Alvarez, he is, you know, the equivalent. We haven't got a Haaland if Jesus is our primary one, but either way, it's not to say that what we have is they're like awful players. They're not. They wouldn't be awful in a team, you know, in the current setup, as you said, Pete. But we are trying to raise the bar. And I hope that Eddie raises his performance levels consistently now, where he is doing this a lot more often, and no one will be complaining. There's no one with an agenda against him. But we have to have high standards if we are going to want to close that gap with City. And, you know, performances like this give us every bit of encouragement that he can raise that level and, and do this more consistently. It's like we look at we look at other players. You, you know, you said Luis Diaz, four goals in seventeen appearances last year, two goals in nine so far this season. We all look at everybody else's second string strikers. Well, they're all amazing, and they're not. They're not. And listen, I, I'm I'm game I'm game for like Eddie criticism. You should score more goals. Like, of course, every striker should score more goals. But that, Gabby Jesus should score more goals Definitely. as well. Definitely. Right? You know, like so. Anyway, he's had a good game. Uh, we're all happy. Thank you for eating humble pie. Matt, have your flowers. <laughs> Let's move on to the next topic of today. Let's talk about that reshaped starting 11, guys. Mikel Arteta, I mean, we we had a, we said before the whistle, needs to have a big rotation, uh, one or two key players dropping out of the side. Martin, Martin Odegaard getting dropped. We wanted it, didn't expect it. He's out the side. Gabriel out for Kivio. Um like, let's talk about the mature the maturity of Mikel Arteta. Is is Matt, is he finally seeing the light when it comes to rotating against uh, weaker opposition? Well, we did our before the whistle, and I think we got pretty close. You know, we had Zinchenko coming in and showing what he's all about, and he really did show what he's all about. I thought he was phenomenal today. Um, we had Kai coming back in, and he was fantastic, uh, I thought, like very metronomic. Uh, then uh, the one, the big one we didn't expect was Erdegaard getting dropped for Smith Rowe. I think we all said on the before the whistle that's what we wanted to see, because if like what's the point of having him? And you know, 
Erdegaard essentially replaced Smith Rowe as the team's 10. So why can't Smith Rowe replace Erdegaard as the team's 10? And I thought it was great as well. So I really, really, um, really was delighted with the with the team. I thought it was really exciting. I was fearful that it was too many changes and it wasn't going to work. But in the end, we got one of the best performances of the season. And all those players who came in, Zinchenko, Eddie, Smith Rowe, I thought were the best, were three of our best players. Kirill didn't even didn't even notice he was playing, which I think is the biggest credit I can give him. I would maybe have liked um, Saliba to have got given the breather rather than Gabriel, but maybe Saliba's going to get the break in midweek and Gabriel's going to get the game against West Ham. So that also makes sense. So that was what I mean by the by the perfect day. It was the rotations we wanted, the result we wanted, the start of football we wanted, the goals we wanted, the players we wanted, a bang we wanted. It was it was just just. Absolutely perfect. Johnny, does it warm your heart that when we rotate, we rotate with such quality players these days? What did you make of uh, of the lineup and who stood out for you? When I saw the lineup, I was over the moon. We 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 all spoke about it, didn't we? About the wonderful opportunity to rotate players in with the proviso that if you're playing at Arsenal and you can't handle Sheffield United at home then you shouldn't be playing at Arsenal. Like, I mean, you know, everyone has a bad game every now and then, but the, the general idea is is factual. And we can't excuse players from not being able to get up to that level because this is what is necessary at times. And so for Arteta to trust in his players, to trust in his squad, to start bringing in the kinds of changes that we want so we don't get, you know, a, a fatigued squad to, towards the end of the season. And we do have options from the bench of players that actually want to start in the um you know start in 11 it was it was wonderful to see you can't ultimately all we want is a win that's what we want after that we want a big score and a performance if you like after that if you even more getting your wishes asked uh, answered we are asking for players that are coming in with a point to prove to do the damage because then they generate their own narratives. They get their own hype. They get their own confidence. And suddenly it's not just, you know, knocking on the manager's door going, I fancy playing, but I've not really done anything. It's, have you seen me out there? I'm, I, you've got to be using me. I am, a, I am a problem. And this is why, you know, you can build up more of a general positive atmosphere around the club, around the squad, and, 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 and the competition pushes each one further. Agree with Matt. It would have been nice to see Saliba um, get some rest, but the reality is, is he's just so important. And all of those players, just for Emil Smith-Rowe to come in and get the assist, Zinchenko I was very pleased to see because as we both stated on the um, before the whistle, I think he started because he's second-choice left-back nowadays. And Tommy Asu comes on just to rub salt in the wounds with a dazzling performance. Um, but, you know, all of the people you would want to have done something stepped up and had good games, some of them more, you know, outstanding than others. Agree with all that. I I love seeing um, the evolution of our rotation options. I thought Kivior was really solid today. Looks like he's going to be a good defender. Um, it was great to see Zinchenko come in and play with a bit of fire in his belly because he needs to, because I tell you, Tommy Asu came on again and looked absolutely superb. I think beyond the starting 11, um, which I thought grew with the game, the, the thing that excited me most was Arteta subbing players off late. You know, Declan Rice comes off, Ben White comes off, Smith Rowe comes off. Uh, Pacayo Saka off on 72 minutes. I mean, have you lost your mind, Mikel? 
what's going on? Who had a word with you before the game? But those are those are the sorts of decisions, those energy conserving moments that allow you to really flourish in the back end of the season and they reduce wear and tear. So I was uh, I was happy. It, it feels like Arteta is starting to maybe mature a little bit with uh, rotation. We're still getting those soft tissue injuries, but one step at a time, I thought today was uh, was a masterclass from him. And um, the thing that I really enjoyed is that the football isn't that different. You remember a few years ago under Wenger, where if you dropped into the League Cup with a heavy rotation, it just looked like a completely different team. Same under Unai Emery, same under early Mikel Arteta. But now it doesn't really matter what team you put out there. The level is so high and the differences are so marginal that you can play the same way. We couldn't even play the same way with Rob Holding in the side last year. Kivior comes in and you don't notice a difference. So I think there's a lot of benefit to the things Arteta is doing now. And the final point on that is the most important part about rotation isn't necessarily getting the ball at your feet. It's the, the, the psychological safety of understanding that you're part of the squad. If you don't call on Kivior until February, is he going to come in and feel valued? Or is he going to feel that, oh, this is a, 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 an emergency ripcord? Bringing these players in now makes them feel part of the action. I mean, Mo Nenny getting minutes. Don't, I don't want to see him at the end of the season. But still, you know, like, no harm done, right? I wonder if he learned from uh, the Gabby Jesus injury in the, in the harshest possible way. Because I thought what was interesting about that was, one, I think Mikel it really hurt Mikel because... You know, he's finally got the player back on form. He's been injured and then he gets injured all over again. But he did for the first time, rather than just say one of those things, unlucky, he said he's been playing a lot. There's been a lot of the load. He talked about the load. He talks about the international games. And it was the first time that I'd heard him blame the load on a muscle injury. And I just wonder whether that's just a little... We've never really heard that before, whether that was just a reminder that you will lose your best players if you overplay them. You may think you can get away with it. You may think Gabby Jesus is a machine, but they will break. And you don't want them breaking down. And, and you can just about get away with it. We can we can handle Gabby Jesus being out for four weeks now. But we might not be able to handle it for four weeks in April next year. So learn from your mistakes. Yeah, I, I, I agree I deserve my I flowers also... on the load, right? I deserve my flowers on the load. What did I say? Too. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, the point you made, Pete, I think is a, re a really um, good one. And that is that you do, essentially what you're saying is when the when the squad players are coming in now, the level is just not dropping much. But the fact is, is we know that we have a very particular way of playing. And what we've seen in the past when, you know, goalkeepers were a good example of it, when Ramsdale was out and the drop down when Turner was in, it was just like, he can't, he's having to change the way that we play because certain players are just not capable of doing it. And now, whatever lineup you have, it seems like we have a formula of players that can enact it plan, enact Arteta's plan to varying levels, but overall they're always doing the same thing. And I think it's a good kind of um <clears throat> uh, mark as to how far along the process we are now with Arteta's vision. Love that. And uh, I agree. All right. Why don't we talk about this? This is a bit of a funny topic, but we're going to say it anyway. David Raya, another clean sheet. And I don't bring this up uh, because I genuinely thought David Raya had an incredible game. But I did want to flag that Arsenal conceded precisely zero shots on target. There were only two half-assed attempts at the goal in the whole game. Um, Johnny, do you think... Uh, Arteta's defensive um, 
chops are underrated that this structure that this system that we create is so good players can't even get shot off because you know and even against man city i mean harland didn't get a shot off all game zero xg i mean something's going on with this system right yeah i mean overall defensively we are set up to try and strangle the opposition to remove the air out of any attacking flow that they have and I agree with that, but obviously it then comes down to the old adage with regards to goalkeepers of the top ones, the really, really top ones are the ones that you can leave to not, they don't need to make any, you know, saves or anything. And then at one moment in the 70th minute, they're called upon and they're ready to roll and they, and they make that save. They're not caught napping. That's the test of a true keeper. But ultimately the the point I would make with regards to Raya is the distribution today. Cause, cause, Raya can't save shots that aren't there. The shots didn't come. You can, you know, it, 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 you can't pick things out the top corner when there's no shots on your goal. But what he did do is he got involved in the build-up play. And his distribution today was absolutely fucking absurd. There was a ball to Martinelli in the first half. Absolute moonraker out of the hands. Literally, daisy cutting by the end. And it's in Martinelli's stride. And then he, uh, we end up getting a big attacking opportunity that... I think fizzles out with Martinelli and Saka. But that's just David Raya really stepping into his, um, you know, opportunity in terms of distribution and just nailing it. His short distribution was bang on, long distribution, spot on. It was a really good performance from him. And I've been obviously critical of him lately. So it was a, a bounce back in a positive direction. Matt, Johnny's taken my joke headline and turned it into a real positive for Raya today. What did you see as his positives um, out there? Um, did you think even against weak opposition, you started to see some of the advantages? You know, we've got um, Rolly123 saying his cross-claiming prevents shots in games as well. Yeah, I mean, biggest credit. Didn't really notice him in, from a defensive action standpoint. Definitely noticed him from a distribution standpoint. He was fantastic. I think the biggest question is around defence as a whole. It feels like we're much more solid this year than last. Last year, I think we conceded 43 goals and City conceded 33. That was the reason we didn't win the league. We scored enough goals to win the league. We just couldn't keep enough out, particularly in the, on, on, on the back end, back end straight. Um, we've conceded th two goals three times. So against Chelsea, against Spurs, against Palace. Uh, uh, or sorry, Fulham. Um, but you get those sort of the exceptions. It feels like the majority of games have been really, really solid. So you really, it really does bode well for a very strong defensive season. I mean, you, you, you're left wondering what if about Jurian Timber because I think he could have been our, maybe our best defender. Um, but it's just phenomenal that we're 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 looking so solid at the back at the moment, and um, and like you know. People still going on on the Raya Ramsdale. I'm I'm bored of it now. I'm like the guy's number one. Let's just get behind him. It doesn't mean we don't love Aaron Ramsdale, but it's not helpful for us to just keep this comparison dialogue going. There's there's no story. It's a non-story. We have a new number one. Let's get behind him. Let's give him confidence and let's uh, let's see how good he can be. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I. The conversation about Ramsdale, it's unfortunate. That's just, I think that Arteta made that decision over an 18-month stretch where he wasn't totally convinced. Um, David Raya looks to have a higher ceiling. And that's as simple as I can put it. I do love the way that he commands his box. And I like that he has extra weapons 
in his arsenal when it comes to playing out the back. And uh, we saw a few of those today. I think Aaron Ramsdale probably would have kept a clean sheet, but it's like you've got to look for the small positives as uh, as Raya develops his confidence and sort of learns how to play with this squad. But um, overall, an unbelievable defensive performance. I just love the way that it's so difficult to get chances against us, that you have to play such accurate passes to move the ball between the lines. And basically, Sheffield United didn't even try in the end. I really felt like the brief from Sheffield United was don't get walloped. And it didn't work out. <laughs> it, and, and it looked like in the first half, it looked like we were just going to play for uh, a one or two nil win. And then things really opened up in the second half and, uh, and they had no answers. So let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the walloping, as it were. Um, Matt, we absolutely smashed Sheffield United, but it didn't look like it was going to be a hammering after the first half. Um, it was a very patient sort of slow build up. Um, they didn't really come to play football, but they didn't give a lot away. Um, what, what do you make of this more patient Arsenal? Because that, this is the second time in a week where we've been very controlled and measured. And I know that you've mentioned a few times on the podcast that some of our problems at home have been because maybe we're showing off in front of the home fans and we go all in, concede an early goal, and then it's a different type of game. Are you noticing a progression in the way that Arteta is thinking about these home games? I think so. I think the the home games have felt less, there's been less clarity to the way we played. The away just feels, uh, sort of understand what we're doing a little bit better. There's a better balance. But it was always going to take a bit of working out. And um, and I think we're getting there. And I think the great thing for me is that we're just in such a great place in the Premier League. And we've still got so much more to go. We've got so much more to offer. Every player, our front three have played like 80 minutes. Our, our first choice front three have played about 80 minutes together, which is insane. You know, our left eight still hasn't quite clicked and is sort of in and out of the team at the moment. Um, you know, defensively, we're, we're sort of changing it around, chopping and changing. Tommy Yasu sort of coming in. We've had a new goalkeeper. It genuinely feels to me like there's another 20 or 30% of potential to unlock in this team. And that's staggering because we're two points off top. And we're unbeaten. And what is it? Eight wins, two draws. It's just a, a phenomenal, uh, phenomenally consistent start. So it just it just really, really bodes well. And if we've got to get the home form sorted because we've dropped, you know, points against against Spurs and Fulham that should never have been dropped. We should have four, four more points than we've got now. Uh, the Chelsea game was a poor performance. But we're building something special. As I say on every podcast, it's about when you peak. I don't want to peak in October. I don't want to have a bad November, but I don't want to peak in November. I want to peak. I want to be I want to be there or thereabouts and I want to go on an epic mega run starting in March and finishing at the end of May and winning some silverware. And part of that is conserving energy, not emotionally expending ourselves. Remember how over exuberant we were, you know, every game felt like a cup final. It doesn't feel like that now. And I think Mikel Arteta has noticed it. He's addressed it. He's added control to the system. And um, and I think it's going to give us a far better chance of winning stuff at the end of the year. Johnny, same question to you. Are you noticing tactical progressions by Arteta? Do you think now we're a number of games into the season, you can see where he's trying to take the team and does a controlled walloping like the one we just saw against Sheffield United uh, make you feel good? Well, I mean, tactically... I feel like he's been trying to do what he's doing for a long time. I don't see it as being vastly different to what we've 
seen in recent times. Um, the, the the stuff that he tends to do tends to be more around personnel changes, and you know, evidently the next level of evolution for Arteta is not only from tactically setting up a team to be able to be consistent and great, it's managing a squad. And obviously his squad management was it left a little bit to be desired last year. So now the, you know, the next level of tactics are not just about how we're setting up each week. It's about what players we're using, managing their energy levels, and obviously making sure we've got a confident and coherent uh, like match team um a lineup every week. So, you know, in terms of the kind of actual controlled walloping, though, this has been coming for a long time. I think it has. I think that the key to a, you know, a successful team is being able to win when you're playing bad. And we've got a few of those or get points when you're playing bad. We've got a few of those results that, you know, as long as we kick into gear at some point, which I think most people expect that we will. And like Matt, I'm, I'm fully, um, I fully believe that it's about peaking at the right time. And my old um, pace setter adage, you know, about just staying in the chasing pack and then breaking at the right time. That's what sport is, is about momentum. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just think that the team is starting to sputter into gear like a, a finely tuned engine on a um, like a motorbike or something where it's just getting the choke going. And, and, and once it gets purring, there's not going to be any stopping us. So, yeah, I don't feel like the tactics are radically different. I think more the, the interesting kink is how he's employing and deploying, I should say, different personnel groups. Yeah, I, I, I think the um, I think that there is a, a a tactical shift or even maybe a mentality shift because there was a frustrating game for the, uh, the you know the opening part and. I think in seasons gone past, fans start to groan. Um, you know, it was very quiet in the stadium at the at the, at the start of the game, and then you Arsenal can tend to force the game, try and push a little bit too hard. And I didn't really see that out there today. I thought that the the team kind of had it in their head: we're going to win this game, but we don't need to win it in the first fifteen minutes. We don't need to win it in the first thirty minutes. And I saw that against Sevilla in the week. Like Arsenal didn't go uh, go for broke early on. They just bided their time. They were like, we will get openings. Um, we're good enough. And, and when we get the opening, we'll take it. And then we'll run away with the three points. So I feel like the team is uh, getting psychologically stronger out of the back of it. I think that there's more confidence in the game plan. And it makes it all the more impressive because you're seeing that with kind of a heavily rotated side that hasn't played a lot this season. So... I think Arteta deserves a lot of credit for up, you know uploading the, the the playbook into these new players nice and quickly this season. Um, and I know it's only Sheffield United, and I know we're reading into it a little bit too hard because we're joyous. But like some of these threads have been playing through all season, so um, I'm really happy with how we dealt with them. I'll tell you what else makes me happy, guys. Emil Smith Rowe with an assist. The OG star boy of Matt Candela. We had to get a restraining order out for him because he just couldn't stop talking about him. Matt, how does it feel to see your boy on the pitch, looking fit, having fun, getting assists, taking free kicks, just being a nuisance today? What did you make of the performance out there? Well, you'll notice that I've been a little bit less lovey with Smith Rowe. And the main reason for that is I need to protect myself. I need to protect my emotions because when you love someone that deeply and 
it doesn't feel like it's going to work out. You sort of pull back a little bit. You withdraw. Um, but today I saw everything that my love can do. I mean, he... I just love watching him play. I just think he's an absolute joy to watch. He moves the ball he so quickly, so the one touch. Um, you know, he's a different type of player to Erdegaard. Erdegaard tends to sort of spend more time on the ball. I think Smith Rowe is much more sort of dynamic and in flow. Um, he's got some way to go before he reaches Erdegaard's level again. Uh, but remember, this is a guy who was above Erdegaard in terms of output and level. Um and I just sort of began for the the first, this was the first game that I've seen where I thought Smith Rowe can get back in this first team. And that for me is a joyous moment because I've missed him and he's a hail ender. His name is shared with Bikaya Saka in the, in, this, in the song. And so I just thought he showed Mikel Oteta that he can be trusted to play in that number 10 role. And I think he's going to get more minutes hopefully starting on Wednesday night against West Ham, where I think he should play again. But suddenly it's small, it's small, but there's a chink of light. And, you know, I can see a future for Emil Smith-Rowe at Arsenal again, which, to be honest, I've sort of given up on. Johnny, have we not accepted that Smith-Rowe could just be a really good squad player in this Arsenal team? And a lot of Manchester City players at a very, very high level have accepted that role before in the past. Gabby Jesus being one of those, and he had a very successful career there. Could Smith-Rowe become a bit of a lethal weapon for us? Yeah, I mean, that, that's why, as Gooners, we all feel so attached to this guy. Of course, you know, we like the character, we like him being a Haylander, we want him to succeed, but... We're not just out here, you know, holding hands and patting people on the head. This is because we want to win. And I think everyone's seen flashes with Emil of it being, you know, a massive, massively high ceiling for this player. But obviously, it's just for whatever reason, injuries, you know, a lack of form. He's not been able to get up to those heights that we've seen. His compatriots, the likes of Bukayo Saka, you forget that these guys were coming through at the same time at one point. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're clearly on different levels right now. But like Matt, I think there was more than enough encouragement out there today of him showing that he can play in this team. And I actually think, although he played in Erdegaard's position, I actually think he did a lot of his best work from a bit of a deeper lying role. Um, there was some nice set-piece deliveries even. And when he was picking up the ball deeper, he tend to, tended to be able to just simple passes but keep it ticking over. And when I saw that, I actually started to think, you know, nothing revelatory here. Loads of people have said it. We've discussed it in the past. But maybe that eight-role eight, eight role will end up being more of the solution for him. I'm not sure that Kai necessarily looks more confident in that position than Emil would. And so maybe, particularly against teams that aren't going to pack the midfield or aren't dominant, we'd see Smith-Rowe in that eight position a bit more. Because I think he has the talent to be able to exploit that and add something to that role. So great performance today. Really pleased that he was able to deliver an assist as well. It was quite simple, but you've got to be there to do that. And obviously, Eddie did the rest. But um, this will give him confidence, and we are going to need a confident Emil Smith-Rowe.
you agree with that. I think he could be. I think he could be part of the squad. I think he could be an important player for this season. I don't think it's over for him. It just depends whether he wants that first team football and whether Arsenal want that cash money. All right, um, let's talk about Tommy Asu. Uh, he's having a he's having a great week. He's having a great week. Arsenal fans were slobbering all over him after his performance in Sevilla. He sat on the bench today, but he came on late on. He's an Arsenal fan favourite because for all the ups and downs, you get hard work, you get improvement, and you're getting a player out there. He scored a goal. Fabio Vieira also came on, kind of got an assist and a penalty. But let's talk about uh, that goal. Uh, Tommy Asu scoring. Was it important, Johnny? Um, It's important because it just crystallises the fact that Tommy's an absolute nutcase. He's back, back to his best. Um, you don't get any change out of the guy. He is committed. If we were going to do Arsenal top trumps and commitment was one of the categories we were grading them on, Tommy Asu's going to be right up there. Obviously, Declan Rice, 100 out of 100. We know that. But um, Tommy's in the 90s. Sensational. He will always give you 110. And do you know what? Just to, just to you know, really spell it out. Look at all the all, all the players running over to him to celebrate. You can see how popular he is within the squad. They love Tommy Asu. They know that he is, you know, going to give everything from the shirt. And now I just see him as being so much more comfortable in playing in those fullback roles and what's expected of you it, roles, I should say, and what's expected of you inverting and so on. I think he is, without a doubt, a first choicer now. His first choice, I'd play him left back. Um, you know, as part of our best lineup. Matt, what do you make of Tommy Asu out there? Is there anything this man cannot do? Not that I'm aware of. I'm just I'm just delighted because I think he's another one who's come back from the brink of an exit, in my opinion. You know, we talk a lot about availability being the greatest skill a player can have, and there's a few players who haven't been able to be available despite their talent. So to see him come back, he had, he had some decent games at the start of last season and then sort of sunk a little without trace, some injuries, some niggles. Um, and then obviously we missed him when we needed him most. We talk a lot about William Saliba missing the run-in, but I think Tomiyasu was a very close second and the fact that it happened simultaneously was was pretty hard to bear. But Saliba got all the headlines and, and we didn't really talk about it. This I love this player. And I think he's just a, such a great squad player, such a great person. The versatility to be able to play right back, left back, centre half. It's just in, just incredible. So um, I'm absolutely delighted that we've got him. I'm delighted that he's finding form. You know what I'm really delighted about? The fact that Zinchenko played so well today because he responded to the competition. And I think that's what Mikel Arteta wants. He talks about two players in every position. But he doesn't want one in form and one out of form. He wants... Two informed players pushing each other all the time to be better. And I think Tomoyasu is making Zinchenko better. Zinchenko is making Tomoyasu better. Ben White, don't get complacent on the right-hand side because Tomoyasu can come in there. Just phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. And, you know, at the beginning of the season with Timber coming in, maybe he wasn't going to have so much of a role to play. But he has recognised that he needed to make a real impact and he's doing it. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see. Agree, agree. And I, I think that you kind of landed on it towards the end there. The most important thing for me is the competition in this squad is positively fizzing at the moment. No one's feeling sorry for themselves. No one's sulking. No one's leaking to the media. 
everyone wants in. Everybody respects the decisions of the manager. And then when they get their chances, they come in and they blow it out of the park. I mean, the idea that Tommy Asu, uh, not an inverted fullback by any standards, can drop into the team against Sevilla. And then people say, well, Zinchenko's got to be benched. I mean, would you ever have imagined that after last season? I certainly wouldn't have. So congrats to him. Always brilliant to see a, a, a fullback get on the score yeah. sheet. Shame, shame no, Ben White. I, I, I wouldn't. And it's, uh, it's a credit to the players. You there? It's an absolute credit to the, to the to the. Oh, I think my Wi-Fi dropped out, but uh, yeah, it's just just an absolute credit the competition, um, and you know you love you love to see it. Who wouldn't want to be a part of this right now? And the, the great thing about it is it's only going to get better. Only going to get better. I I agree with that, and I also agree with your point. It, Tommy Asu losing Tommy Asu at the same time as Saliba was the killer last year because you've got somebody that can slip in at centre back, and we didn't have that. And, and, and well, I mean, right back as well. That Tomoyasu performance for Japan against Germany, but that's from at centre half, outstanding. He could have, he could have, we could have been playing Tomoyasu at centre half. Could have been playing Tomoyasu at right back and Ben White at centre half for the run in last season. Instead, you know, we all, we all, we all know what happened. It was just an absolute fucking disaster. So we're going to be better off. And the great thing about it is, you look at our squad versus a squad like Tottenham's. You just know that they're going to crumble. Not just because of the fact that they're Spursy, just that squad is not built for to sustain any type of injury. And even if they make it work till February or March, it will break in the same way that we broke. Um, but we now have got a squad. We talked about it. We looked at Manchester City, the way that they had sort of six defenders who played an equal amount of games last season rather than a first choice four with a couple of two deputising. And I think that's what we'll be looking at. We'll be looking at six players who play you know, 2,000 minutes, hopefully. I don't think it'll be quite that because I think Saliba's going to play more than that. I think Ben White's going to play more than that. But that should be the goal, in my opinion, if you don't want to break people. Agree. All right, last topic of the day. Declan That's... out there, no Martin Erdegaard. Uh, how impressed? Uh, like, Declan is already getting to that stage where he's, in, he's a 9 out of 10 every game. and You don't talk about him. Um, I thought he was exceptional out there today. Um, with a with a lack of Martin Erdegaard on the pitch, you're like, what's Declan going to be like? I think he looks like a sort of captain elect out there. Uh, not not saying that we need to do anything about Martin Erdegaard. He is the captain, but it's good to have lots of leaders on the pitch. Um, what do you, what do you make of uh, Declan, Matt? In games like that, <laughs> is he uh, is he the metronome of the side? I can't believe we've got him. It's so on Arsenal to go out and spend 105 million on the best one of the best players in the Premier League an England international, someone who everyone wanted to land them and then for it all to work out. It's a fairy tale. It's a goddamn fairy tale how good he is. And we're already, like, we we, we have to talk about him last because we always forget because he's so good every single game. He's been our best player all season. Consistency, huge. You know, um, it's, he's just, at this rate, he's going to be an Arsenal legend. The next step is to be lifting silverware but you know we're heading in the right direction and you just feel like the other great thing about him is he, and I, I really want to touch touch wood at this stage but it's his just his his ability and his availability you know the red zone doesn't exist for Declan Rice you know he's always he's, in the he's green a powerful zone. athlete isn't he he is he's, he's a sh- big big man as well he's a monster I, 
and you know, you don't really recognise it when he was playing at West Ham as much as you do when he's in a red shirt. But you're like that that lack of physicality we had against Manchester City last year, because you've got players like Rodri, and now you've got Declan, Kai, Saliba, like big, big men on the pitch. It does make a difference. I mean, would you if I was gonna if, I, if you had to put a bet on someone to be player of the year now for the end of the season, my money, about £100, I'd put £100 on Declan Rice. I would. Uh, 100%. I, think, I, I think he's going to be our player so of the year. So much consistency. Yeah. He's going to be our player I, of the year. You know, at some point, he's going to start scoring goals as well because he's got a bit of an yeah. eye for it, hasn't he? He gets into some really good positions. You're like, you're going to pull the trigger. I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's far off. Considering that, and you know that, uh, no, I think he'll get. I think he'll get. I think he'll get five to seven Premier League goals this season, and I think they'll come when we need them most. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, that takes us to the end of the show. If you've enjoyed this, give us a five star review. If you're watching this on YouTube, smack that like and give us a little subscribe, uh, so that you always know when the show's coming on. We're going to be on the whistle um, for all the games heading into the busy November Christmas period. Um, and once again, we do really, really um, appreciate that after the game, you want to come and spend it with us. Like, we don't take it for granted. Uh, we hope you like the content. Um, remember to follow us at the Grove or at Matt Candela if you want some spicy hot takes on the Twitter.com or any of those social channels. And we've also got a TikTok channel as well if you want to see a little bit of that. If you're the modern young type, that is. Um, Matt, you got anything else to say before I wrap this up? He's got an no, just a, just a wonderful day. Uh, it's, my internet's not not too great today for some reason. But yeah, 5-0. Go and enjoy the weekend. Um, big game tomorrow. City, United. Let's hope United... Who do you want to win? Fix... Man United. Who Man do you United want to win? All the way, right? Man United all the way. Yeah. They're, not, they're not challenging. Chelsea today losing to Brentford. Uh, Newcastle still nil-nil with Wolves as we're listening to this. Hopefully... Uh, Wolves can get something, um, but we've got a hell of a big week. We've got West Ham and we've got West Ham on Wednesday. We'll be there for that uh, on the whistle, and then a really big one next one, next Saturday. You want spice? It's going to be spice levels ten at St James's Park. Uh, away oh, game. Wait. We remember that game back in May. I thought we were fantastic. One of our performances of the season. Well, let's uh, let's see what we can let's see what we can do. But it's it's all building nicely. I have to say. It's all brewing. It's looking exciting. Okay, on that note, we'll say ciao for now. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.